Well, we begin today the first epistle of John. This is the first of his three epistles. and uh, has a strong dual emphasis on one, realize who we are and what we've been given in Christ, and two, living our lives consistently in light of those things. John's a very simple and straightforward writer, and because of that, First John has is, is both deeply encouraging as well as um, a deeply challenging letter. So uh, the first chapter is very brief. It's only 10 verses, but there are uh, some things that, um, that are worthwhile to consider. So let's take a look. Let's think first, not surprisingly from John, about the deity of Christ and the real uh, historical gospel. John begins his letter much like he began his gospel. Um, he begins his letter referring to, in verse 1, that, that which was from the beginning. Remember uh, how his gospel began in the beginning. That echoes, echoes that. And it echoes the, the Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. In his gospel, John used that phrase to indicate that Jesus was, in fact, eternal God, who had condescended to take on human flesh in order to be our Savior. God the Son, who became incarnate in the person Jesus of Nazareth, was, was in the beginning when the world was created. He created the world. John begins his epistle with that same emphasis. But he also emphasizes that though Christ existed in the beginning before the creation of the world, it is a true historical fact that at a point in historical time, he came in human flesh for our salvation. So in addition to be to being from the beginning, John also describes Jesus as being, in verse 1, that which we have heard, which we've seen with our eyes, that which we looked upon and touched with our hands. He, he emphasizes even more in verse 2 that he who was from the beginning was made manifest and we have seen it. These are simple truths, but two truths necessary for any hope of salvation. For us to be saved, a Savior had to literally come in history and do the things necessary for our forgiveness. Furthermore, it was necessary for that Savior who came to be one capable of bearing the sin of so many. In other words, God himself. These truths are truths that John affirms and truths which... Every Christian must affirm, because if these things aren't the case, then we're still in our sins. That's one thing. But secondly, let's think about um, uh, that change is necessary. As I mentioned in the introduction, there's, a, there's in this letter a big, big emphasis on the holiness and the sanctification of every genuine believer. Change is necessary. The way that John begins that conversation is to remind us of the absolute holiness and purity of God. He says in verse 6, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. On that basis, John calls us as followers of Christ to walk in the light, then, as he is in the light, John 1, 7. He points out how it is absolutely inconsistent and even contradictory to claim to be born again of the Holy Spirit of God and say we have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, verse 6. If that is the case, John flatly says in verse 6, we lie and we do not practice the truth. John will have much more to say throughout the letter about what it means to walk in the light, but for now he is indicating what an emphasis that theme will have in the letter. That means it ought to be an emphasis as well in our daily lives. Well, thirdly and finally, uh, maybe the most 
well-known verse in this chapter is verse 8. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That verse is immensely comforting in moments when the Holy Spirit graciously convicts us of our sins and shortcomings. How encouraging to have the sure promise of his forgiveness. But the promise is even stronger than many may initially realize. Throughout my life, I read that verse time and time again and never carefully considered one particular word in that verse. Just. Just. John says, God is faithful and just to forgive us. Verse 8. It struck me one day that at first glance, I, I, might have, I might have expected some other word to appear there. Maybe the word merciful, you know. He is faithful and merciful to forgive us. Or gracious or loving or several other more obvious choices uh, of that kind. But instead, he couples faithfulness with just. He's faithful and just to forgive us. I noticed it and I I had to ask myself what John possibly meant by it and to explain the why the question consider that choosing the word just there is equivalent to saying to that to be saying that God would be unjust if he didn't forgive us if we're trusting in Christ. If that doesn't sound a little funny to you 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 you, you haven't sufficiently taken into account the holiness of God or the arrogant offensiveness of our sin against him. How, how could it ever possibly be unjust for God not to forgive me? He has every right to withhold his forgiveness and was under absolutely no obligation to provide a way for forgiveness in the first place. But see, that's exactly what he did. He provided a way for us to be forgiven, and he did it through the bloody sacrifice of his son. Therefore, if Jesus died on the cross as my substitute, bearing the sentence and every ounce of punishment that I deserve because of my sin, then it would indeed be unjust for God not to forgive me. Not because I deserve his forgiveness, but because Jesus really did earn it. For God not to forgive me when I repent and put my trust in Christ, for him not to forgive me, would be to for him to altogether ignore the sacrifice of Christ or to commit double jeopardy by charging the punishment for the same sins twice, once on Christ on the cross and then again on me in hell. How cruel that would have been to Christ. We know God is just. And no one could ever rightly charge God with injustice. And therefore, the promise of forgiveness is made even more sure. We're not only forgiven because God is faithful or merciful or gracious or loving, but because justice has already been carried out on the cross. And therefore, he is always just as well as faithful to forgive us. And that's a beautiful thought as we as we think about 1 John chapter 1.